We recently returned from attending Epicor Insights 2021 in Las Vegas. And in the interview you are about to hear, ERP Advisors Group founder and managing principal Sean Wendell offered his perspective on Epicor's future outlook. Please enjoy this bonus episode of the ERP Advisor. Epicor is interesting in that they do have an influencers track for folks like us, for people that are working with clients, trying to help them resolve sort of selections and what do they need for ERP. And it was great. It was actually really, really helpful because sometimes at conferences, I have to sort of go around and try to grab people between meetings or whatever. But that that track was set up specifically to give us information so that we could use it literally in selections that we were doing that day. There were a couple selections happening where I was like, oh, wow, this is applicable. So it was good. Super helpful. Um, and I think the, uh, the, the difference... I actually talked to quite a few executives at Epicor um, in a social setting as well as in sort of a presentation setting. And that was good to sort of, you know, you see what people think after a couple glasses of wine versus what they say when they're supposed to say the right things, um, truly. And I was hearing the same things, that um, the the team at Epicor is very committed to growth and they have a ton of ERP and enterprise software experience. So, you know, we can kind of look at the leadership team of an organization and sort of understand um, where they're going to go based off people's experiences. Um, for instance, the CFO um, at Epicor, um, if you look at his background, it's very acquisition driven. So he spent a lot of time acquiring businesses. What do we think Epicor is going to do going forward, right? It makes a lot of sense that they would do that on top of product development and that. So, so that was good. But the other good thing too was um, even being on the floor at the exhibit hall for Epicor and talking to different booths. So when you go to these sessions, it's a big conference, you know, big, big conference hall, convention hall, basically. And, you know, they'll have different booths and, and things set up for folks. And um, there was a booth set up for one of their more legacy products called Eclipse. And I had the best conversation of the conference with this guy who'd been working with Eclipse for 20 plus years. His career all in on this product and had, you know, even worked with other organizations prior to it being acquired by Epicor. But it was great to listen to him and what his experiences were with very specific industry distribution, but even very specific kinds of distributors and how his product met those needs. And, and I really got the sense that um, it is a big differentiator for Epicor specifically that they have got really experienced people with their current products. Some of the other apps we'll talk about, they have very experienced people, but not with that particular product because they're relatively new. Whereas with Epicor, these products have been around for a long time. So to get back to what we're talking about here, the message from the the folks that are in the trenches building the apps, implementing the apps, all the way to the very, very top was very in alignment with, you know, quality product, getting solutions to the market that are not just vertical focus, but micro vertical focus, which is great for clients. And then um, just overall, um, you know, a lot of faith, a lot of confidence in the product that frankly, as an advisory firm, we didn't have as much. And so it was super good to be on that track 
because we could see certainly there was sort of marketing and some public relations factor to it all for sure. But you know, this is all I've done for like 25 years. I can sort of cut through just what's the surface, the social veneer, if you call it that, to get down to what's really happening. And it's great to hear that, you know, a lot of good things were happening, including even talking to some customers that were implementing these products. The company, it, their financial performance is very healthy. Now, they are a private organization, so we don't see their financials. But across the board, the leadership team was clear they're making money. And we're certainly seeing that in the industry right now, that a lot of enterprise software vendors are doing very well. But what I'm observing and sort of reading behind the lines, um, between the between the lines, so to speak, and sort of behind closed doors, is that, that, is that Epicor is doing very, very well. I think a lot of free cash flow. The CFO um, sort of uh, alluded to that fact too. So that's great, right? Because you have a an independent software vendor called Epicor, right? Which is a certain size. We know what their valuation is, which was about $4 billion. So we can sort of interpolate, you know, sort of their recurring revenue run rates based off of multipliers and kind of work our way back to how much revenue they're actually making in a year. Um, and that's helpful. And then we can look at moving towards more of a cloud. So this is important, right? That as Epicor goes from on-prem to cloud, it's actually more profitable for the software vendor to do that, right? Because they're getting paid every year. There's a curve that we have done so many times. It's usually about year three, where if you pay on-prem or for licensed software, so there's a big chunk up front, you pay more in year one, right? Than you would for a subscription, which is just the annual. And then over time, year two, you have the software license is gone and then you would pay just support for an on-prem deployment, whereas cloud, it's the same amount. So if you look at the aggregate dollars, the curves cross in about year three or year four. So over time, Epicor is going to be making more money um, from their customers. and really should because the value add each year is significant if they're putting out upgrades and releases and support and everything. So that's that was probably the biggest indicator was, hmm, they got a lot of cash. And that's good because... Um, they're in the second thing I would say is, um, I think a good indicator to share with you all, there's a couple things I'm not going to share on this uh, interview with the general public, very honestly. Um, you know, we'll, you'll have to engage us in a selection to get to those, <laughs> but uh, something very, very important though, that, that I saw was that, um, and I believe this, that even though Epicor is owned by a large private equity firm, um, that private equity firm um, isn't really experienced. Now, let me let me rephrase this a little bit. That private equity firm doesn't have that many technology um, portfolio companies. They have a lot of other kinds of organizations. You can look online and see those for yourself. But the interesting thing is if you look across their portfolio, and I'm not an investment banker, and I won't even pretend to be an investment banker, but I will be somebody with my clients, with all of our clients throughout our organization, that um, I'm not going to put a client on map that's going to change in the next year, that we should have known that, right? I've done that before, frankly, and it was the worst feeling in the world. How could you have put me on this product when SAP bought it? fourth shift edition for SAP business one. And like literally SAP bought it and said, we're just not supporting this anymore. It's going away. And the client's looking at me like you told me to run my business on this. So it just takes a couple of those times to be like, wow, I should have seen that, that freight train coming. 
So with that background, I do think that Epicor as an indicator, um, I think that they're, they're, uh, the holding company, the organization that runs them, the private equity is going to hold on to them for a bit because they're doing great with cash flow. They got a great leadership team. They've got, um, they've got a really good customer base and they have good products that are coming to market. They're making some interesting and exciting acquisitions. So you sort of put all of those indicators together, right? And, and it's like, you know, they're going to make a run for it and it's going to be a hard, it's going to be a fast run and the executive team's going to make a lot of money from what they do over the next couple of years. And they're all in on it. And I love that, right? Because we're all in, right? We're not going to talk to our clients and just, you know, namby pamby, Hey, here's this app, go get it. No, I mean, we're, we know that these organizations, our clients want to be on these apps for another 10 years. So we've had some concerns about that in the past. And I think those concerns are going down. Now we need to do a couple deals and get things going. We've already invited them to two, um, since the conference. So I'm really excited to see how those flesh out. I think for Epicor for the future the most, what I saw for myself at the conference was um, definitely growth, but probably the, the biggest thing is not just growth of the install base moving to Kinetic or to any newer products that are coming on, but for the net new clients, especially in manufacturing that I think they're going to start to attract um, that they couldn't before. There wasn't a really clear cl- cloud strategy that made a lot of sense talking to um, the competitors like Infor, Acumatica, definitely NetSuite, right? But those products don't have the the tradition and the the legacy, a good legacy of really killing it for engineer-to-order manufacturers, which is a hard set of requirements to get. You have engineering designs and you know, going through lots of revisions with bill of materials and, and all kinds of item master stuff, right. To then get a configured product that then goes to manufacturing to build it and QC it and ship it and bill it and all that stuff. Right. That's like the whole life cycle right there. That was amazing. (laughs) It sounds easy, but it's really not because well, for some operations we have to send, like we have a client that makes, um, cell phone, uh, towers, the, the, uh, poles, telephone poles, basically with cell fire, cell, uh, tower equipment in it. And when they, they will send some of those towers out for outside uh, work and sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. So that changes the whole cost structure of the bill of operations. It's called within Epicor and Epicor has the flexibility to support those kinds of functions. And a lot of apps don't, they just haven't gotten that deep in that those kinds of functions. So, um, I really think we're going to see a lot of growth from, from that organization. And I love it because in the market today, we have the large tier ones that do well in that area. The tier twos, and that's like SAP and, and even the Microsoft Dynamics 365 finance and operations has a lot of experience there too. But the deployments are heavy. They're heavy deployments, right? Some of our mid-sized clients, even clients that are sub 100 million don't need that. So what do they go to? There's, there's a little bit of compromise, right? Either you go to an old legacy app that you're not sure what their cloud strategy is going to be and where they're going to be in five years are going to get bought, right? Or do you go with a more prevalent cloud provider that doesn't have that depth of manufacturing capability yet? So it's sort of like, that sucks. <laughs> I hate to say it that way. I would rather have an app that's optimized for a mid-sized company. TCO is low, you know, great cloud strategy. So we don't have to worry about backups and disaster recovery and cybersecurity risks, right? 
that's another one. Um, and the functionality is like super good for that particular area. And that's, that's probably what I'm the most excited about is I did see that for myself. Like, Hey, this is very real that Epicor is going to meet and, and can meet this niche for a while. So one thing that folks aren't talking about related to Epicor that I see is, um, sort of an alignment, all these factors that make up a software selection, um, optimal solution, right? Where, um, this is all I've done for many, many, many years. And I have a lot of clients that rely on us, ultimately me to give them, you know, an answer to what is the right app. And we won't give it to them. We will make them find it. But Meanwhile, we're really doing all the homework to ensure they end up at the place we think they should. <laughs> um, that's really the honest to gosh truth about our selections. But um, I think the thing that people aren't talking about with Epicor is there's there's a lot of financial benefit that I think is going to be coming from that organization. Certainly, the executive team is is going to realize that. Um, where, you know, there's opportunities that different business people have based on the amount of risk that they're taking on. Uh, the more risk, the more reward is usually how it should work unless things are aberrated, but that's a different story for another time. I think that Epicor, um, the partners who've been in the Epicor channel for a while, I think the executives, the uh, partner channel managers, and the professional services people, I think are going to do really well. I think really well financially. And and that's an interesting thing because you think about Salesforce or a NetSuite, Oracle, or some of these more kind of uh, cloud-driven, more quote-unquote modern organizations that, hey, as an individual, I can go make a lot of money there, right? And so that will tend to attract the top talent. Um, I don't think people are talking about that with Epicor, that I think that leadership team um, is attracting a certain amount of person that has a lot of ERP experience and, um, there's, there's a commitment that I think that that kind of person that they're attracting now is really committed to executing a strategy that's going to work for right now in the market. And it's, it's something probably only I would see it, now, even over a private equity or investment banker, whoever, you know, I see it more from the delivery, like from the promise to actually what gets provided to the, you know, the manufacturing floor people, like, can they really use this product or not? Um, I, I just think the economics of Epicor make a lot of sense. ERP Advisors Group is one of the country's top independent enterprise software consulting firms, advising mid to large size businesses on selecting and implementing business applications, including ERP, CRM, HCM, business intelligence, and other enterprise applications which equate to millions of dollars in software deals each year across many industries. This has been the ERP Advisor.